0: Log Talk Radio.
2: Good morning, good morning, good morning, rise and shine, you're on with the Z time with Pastor Steph, how are you? That's what i like to hear, that's what I'd like to hear, for this is the day the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, we started off shaking the Monday morning blues with the due-time crew, as we talked about those East Cleveland police officers who were pulling people over and collected as much as almost $15,000. And that took place in only one year. Well, they were sentenced to two years and two and a half years. That's it. And a $40,000 fine. Now, some would say, oh, we're not really worried about that amount of time. Because once the insiders find out that they are police officers, uh, they're not going to be there much longer. Well, we don't want that kind of justice. We don't want that kind of justice. You know, the police officers have been going buck." wild, and they've been getting no time. So we want to see a little bit of justice go on. That's what we want to see, don't you? I hope that's what you want to see. All righty. Well, we could not have a good Monday morning if we did not have the switch with Shanti. And last week's tip was, Give your mind to God, and we can see that a whole lot of that is not happening. Nope. You know, a lot of people want to simply blame the mental health issues of this world, but that's not the only thing. Nope. That's not the only thing that's going on. We've got a lot of evil going on in this world. And a lot of it is simply because God says, you know, when you ignore me and you don't want to follow me, I'm just going to leave you to a reprobate mind. That means I'm going to leave you to yourself. And we don't think we need God. You know, the Bible says that we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Yes. So we've got to give our mind to God in order for it to be renewed, because that's not something we can do ourselves. No. So come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's get this together. Let's give our minds to God and let's not just help ourselves, but help this world. Okay? All right. Wow. It was, let's talk about a Tuesday, Church Folk Day, and we got to talking about, you know, the power that we give away as people of God. And we've had this conversation before, so it was just a continuation of that particular topic and I'm going to send you back to listen because it was a good one. It was a good one. Wow. Well, wow. Wednesday rolled around and our girlfriend Vivian talked about the parking meters that are going to go up. Here in New York City, starting October and November, oh, we're going to take it with $1, $3, $5, $9, boy, oh boy, depending on where you live or where you want to park, you have a varied increased dollar amount. And they say that they are simply doing it because. They want to open up more parking. Now, go figure that one out because you're going to make it more expensive to open up more parking. More for what? Parking for who? Parking for another person to pull out and another person to pull in? That's all that's going to be going on in a parking spot. So, you know what? I think they're just running out of excuses and they just need our money for other things. Well, go back and listen and hear what the ladies think they're going to be using that money for. Well... Talk about giving yourself to the Lord. You know, there's many reasons why spending time with God is so important. And we've got to talk about that thing. You know, spending more time with God allows you to grow closer to him and to find out who he really, really is. You know, getting into the routine of Spending time with God can and will make your life better and your relationship with the Lord. Yes, those were just a few reasons why we talk about spending time with God would enhance your life. Okay? All right. Well, therapeutic Thursday was the next day in life. And, oh. We got to talking about some stuff. And, you know, cleaning that chicken was high on the priority list for our health. So I definitely want you to check that one out. Okay? All right now. And, you know, it never, never, never stops. You know, we're always talking about, you know, our kids growing up too fast and some of the things that, you know, we are experiencing. And, you know, these parents these days are definitely not like the parents of yesterday. And that's what I mean when I say it never stops. We got to talking about the dad who put his child out at the age of 18 just because she was 18 and she finished high school. And unfortunately, she met with the fate of sex trafficking. Yeah, she was just out there and, you know, met someone on an app after sleeping in the subway system and being homeless for a little bit. And you know what? She thought this was someone who was going to come and rescue her. Well, unfortunately, she met with a different a whole different plan that she had no idea what she was in store for. Well, I want you to go back and I want you to listen to that conversation as well as the conversation that sparked how much do we charge our children rent or do we charge our children rent and how much did our parents charge? Possibly. Yeah. It was a really good conversation. Really good conversation. So, you you need to check that out. And Freestyle Friday is another one you're going to have to go back and listen to because we talked about a plethora of things. And let me tell you something last week was a good week over here on the due time with Pastor Steph, as always. And I want you to definitely. Definitely go back and listen and catch up on all the goodies, okay? Okay. Wow, well, today we are shaking the Monday morning news all over again. Can you believe it's already another Monday? And thanks be to God it's not a manic Monday. Yeah. You know how it goes down. hmm all right. So let's get ourselves together. Let's get this week started. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to go back and listen uh, to all of those, uh, a reminder to go back and listen to all of those segments from last week. But today, you're going to go get that healthy breakfast. You're going to tell somebody that it's due time with the Steph
0: in on.
2: And whatever you do, whatever you do, don't go anywhere, because we will be right to that. Alzheimer's LA provides free support and services to those affected by Alzheimer's and dementia. There are over
3: 5.7 million Americans affected by Alzheimer's disease. Latinos are one and a half times more likely to develop Alzheimer's.
2: African Americans are twice as likely to get diagnosed. Two-thirds of those affected by Alzheimer's are women. That's 3.4 million women. Almost half a million women with Alzheimer's live in California. The burden of caregiving falls on women, many of whom have to take time off or quit their jobs. In California, Alzheimer's is the fourth leading cause of death among women. Alzheimer's is a women's issue. Alzheimer's
1: is a women's issue. Until there's a cure, Alzheimer's Los Angeles provides the care.
2: We deliver outreach and education to diverse communities.
1: Our early stage programs give you resources and tools for the journey ahead. And our care counselors support you and your family every step of the way.
2: We know Alzheimer's is tough. Let's face it together. Good morning, good morning, and good morning again. Welcome back to It's the Town with Pastor Steph, and we are shaking the Monday morning blues. Yes, it's Monday all over again, mm-hmm. and we're giving God thanks for bringing us through a wonderful weekend, and some weekends may not have been as wonderful as others, but that's okay. Because we are here together on this Monday morning. So, let's do this one together. Okay? All right. Well, we got our health tip for this morning. And we're talking about sleep. Man, oh man, oh man.
0: Sleep, Whew. it just doesn't
2: seem as though I ever get enough of that. And I don't sleep very well. And, you know, I was going to do something else in one of my little sources I use for health tips. Sleep came up, and I kind of breezed past that. And I went to another source where I get sleep, I'm, I'm sorry, health tips from And lo and behold, sleep came up, and I was like, okay, well, clearly, we're supposed to be talking about sleep. Well, the perfect amount of sleep is definitely hard to come by, and we're not the only ones. Americans are not the only ones who are having a hard time sleeping. They say the Australians are failing at getting that good amount of sleep, that right amount of sleep as we are. And they say the perfect number is seven. Mm, Seven hours of sleep. So that means that if you plan to get up at Seven, you got to make sure that you're in the bed by 12 and sleep. Not just in the bed. And that's one of the problems that I have. I go to sleep. I'm sorry, I go to bed, but not always go to sleep. And it's not until the Lord, like, really tires my body out that I actually go to sleep. And that's the way it's been because I'm just simply tired. But on a general, you know, level, If, 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 if I get in the bed before 1 a.m., I'm not sleeping until about 3, 3. 3.30, sometimes something to 4. So we're not alone there. They said, like, quite a bit of this world is not functioning on a whole lot of sleep. They say they surveyed 50,000 people and it revealed that one in 4 has interrupted sleep most nights of the week now they say 6.5 million people are facing an increased risk of chronic disease and poor health outcomes and that's because sleep rest plays a huge part um, you know, good health. well, they say that people seventy plus in that age group, they found in that survey were most likely to have a full week of good sleep, whereas those in the age of thirty to thirty nine were not having a full week of good sleep they were actually having a full week of bad sleep now i don't think <laughs> now y'all call me crazy but you actually compared the results of 70 plus year old to 30 through 39 year old are you serious now had you asked the 70 plus people how they slept at 30 through 39 that would have been an entirely different answer. What kind of survey is this? I don't know if I want to take this survey seriously, y'all. Well, you know, like I said, just me. Well, they say that, you know, baby boomers are far way better at getting good sleep than the Gen Ys. Now, I'm sorry, that's a bad comparison, because there's a lot of different reasons for sleep pattern differences, and they've picked up on that, and one of the things they said would be sleeping habits, lifestyle choices, and medicinal issues. Now, lifestyle choices, that's one of the reasons why I say you can't compare this To 70 plus 70-plus-year-old people, what are their lifestyles like? By the time they're 70-plus, they're already tired from when they were 30 to 39. So then having a big lifestyle opposed to 30 to 39-year-olds, okay? Well, they say some of our conditions to not sleeping well, we have to include our self-care they say while others need to seek medical attention, some people are experiencing sleep apnea, insomnia, or restless legs symptoms, syndrome. I'm sorry. Now, I don't even know what that is. I've never heard of that before. They say there are some other common causes too much stimulation before bedtime, they say, such as watching TV playing video games or exercising, consuming too much caffeine or alcohol or work-related stress or depression. Now, they say one of the other issues is stress. That is a big reason why your sleeping might be off. They say stress because of work, relationship, and or children and definitely financial stress, and they're saying that there are a lot of Gen Yers and younger people who are identifying that their living arrangements are also a big factor in poor sleep habits. Okay? So they're offering some suggestions as to how we can sleep better. Now, one of the things is they say we can definitely uh, create healthy, sleepy environments, such as a dark room, the room being quiet, and ensuring that the right temperature is there for you to be comfortable. They're saying whenever possible, go to bed and get up at roughly the same time every day. Having a regular large time is definitely helpful because, and you know it is, because, well, you know that it happens like that because if you're accustomed to getting up at 6 o'clock, then no matter what time you go to bed, you have to get up at 6 o'clock. So they're saying that just back that thing up and go to bed a little earlier or possibly a lot earlier. So that when you get up at six o'clock or whatever time you're accustomed to getting out, you've had that good night's sleep. Okay. They say it would be helpful. If you're using a smartphone or a tablet to unwind, don't do that. And if you do, use a blue light filter and limit the use in bed. Okay. They say also Limit the amount of time you spend in bed. That's not play time. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. They say your eating patterns are also, you know, de- uh, definitely connected. So they're saying eat a balanced diet and be active during the day. They say eat and exercise regularly and at the same time each day. Okay? This would add to your sleeping uh, better. And they say you can use chamomile or magnesium before you go to bed. That would possibly help. And they say definitely if you are struggling with your sleeping, speak to your doctor. Okay? Now, this is really something that you have to get in the habit of because they say that your heart condition definitely is affected by your sleeping habits and other illnesses are affected by your sleeping habits. And I'm sure when we go into that, it's going to take up some time. So I'm not going to go into any of those details
0: because whenever
2: we've spoken about those things, sleep is always on the list. Yeah. not the first time. We've spoken about sleep and your heart or sleep and your health overall. So they say definitely your poor health can be associated with your poor sleep. And if you're trying to get your weight down, I promise you that going to bed early is definitely going to aid you. I, I did that quite a few years ago. I was on a diet program, a weight loss program, and, you know, it was gauged to change the way you live, not so much, you know, your weight, but just a lifestyle choice. And you ate Everything you ate from every part of the you know what do you call it the chart and you went to bed at nine o'clock, and I think those were the that was the only time in my life I ever went to bed consistently at <laughs> nine o'clock, and I have to tell you all I did was I ate. From that chart, and I went to bed at 9 o'clock, and in two weeks, I dropped 20 pounds. Now, that has not worked for me now because that was almost 20 years ago, and definitely I've crawled into some other health issues in 20 years. And, yeah, that was without necessarily exercising either. Yes. So you can actually eat everything except for we didn't eat, like, cookies and candy. Not those things. They had their, you know, some suggested snacks and things like that. But you did eat from every other food. And you did eat snacks. You did eat snacks, and yes, some sweet snacks, but you did not eat candy and cookie, which wasn't a big thing for me because I'm not accustomed to really eating that stuff anyway. But, yeah, sleeping, sleeping played a big factor. So if you're trying to change your eating patterns and things like that, you I'm sure you'll see some weight loss, but you will not see it the way you would see it if you went to bed. Okay? Alrighty. So you know what? You tell me I've got like two minutes left before I start the news. Tell me how early you go to bed. Tell me how early you go to bed. Just give me You know what? Here's what you do. Give me the time you go to bed and the time you wake up. I love to hear the different, and you know how to get in touch with me. Send those numbers over. Send those times. I'd really like to see. Now, I've just told you that I'm up at 610 every morning, and I'm pretty much awake because once that alarm goes off at 610, then I'm back to sleep until six forty. I've gotta be up out that bed by six forty. But I'm awake. I'm just lying down. Except for on Wednesday mornings when I'm up with Elder Knight Tisha and her prayer time. Because she starts prayer about six
0: fifteen.
2: So I'm 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 literally awake at that time on Wednesdays all the time. But other than that, I will set the alarm for six ten. I'm off, um, I'm awake, but I'm officially up by 6:40, so that I can be saying good morning to you at seven. When I I might take a nap. I don't take as many naps anymore after the broadcast because I can't can't stay up anymore. But I've had some work that I've had to do around the house, so I've been doing that, keeping myself busy. But I've been trying to eat no later than about 8, 8.30. And I might get into bed at about 10. But I don't go to sleep till about 3. Sleeping from 3 to 6.10. <laughs> so I hope your numbers come in much better than mine. Come on, hit me up. Let me know. I heard one bing let's see let's see what I got here well if my if my phone would allow me to get my little messages here all right let's see what we got okay bedtime whoa this bedtime is not much better than mine 3 to 4 a.m. and up by 7 a.m. Wow. One of the suggestions that are coming in is hide your iPad. Now, if I hide, if, if I hit my iPad, I would not be the same. Mm-mm.
0: Mm-mm, mm-mm.
2: mm-mm. I need my iPad. I need my iPad. Alrighty, I have another one from about 1030 about seven, all right? So you're getting maybe a little over those seven hours. Remember, we're supposed to be getting seven hours of sleep. Right, so we got two check-ins, all right? Thank you. We need a – uh-oh, uh-oh, I got another one. I got – I'm not consistent, but bedtime is so – hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not consistent, but bedtime is about 11 and up by 6.30. Okay, you might be sliding into that seven hours. So hopefully if you stuck to that 7.30, I mean, I'm at 11, maybe you could back that thing up a little bit. All right. Let's see what's going on here. Okay, we need a five-second. all right thank you for checking in thank you for checking in okay we'll be talking about today wow well, oh uh, we got we have a we have a recap of a story that we had a while ago but before we get there We talked about that fatal uh, bus accident last week, the one that went into that ditch. Well, they found out that the bus driver had been listed by the state as an unacceptable operator after failing several safety inspections back in 2022. Now they say that he drives for Regency Transportation Limited and he had failed five out of 15 total safety inspections during the state's fiscal year. Oh, boy. And they say the agency conducts about 150,000 safety inspections each year. Now, oh, boy. Now, here's here's the deal here. They say that both oper- operators with a 25% or higher out-of-service rate or vehicles that fail inspection, are rated unacceptable. And their rate was 33% in the state's 2023 fiscal year overall when they compared them to everyone else. So they say that the operators that are listed under unacceptable are required to undergo at least two comprehensive safety inspections every year. They also may face a number of corrective actions, including violation notices leading to civil penalties and the suspension or revocation of interstate operating authority, according to the New York Transportation Department. So, considering that he failed 5 out of 15, I guess that wasn't enough to take him off the road. So, you know, well, this was ultimately the reason why, because they're still doing some inspection and, and investigations over what actually happened. But we don't know if him failing those five out of 15 are really responsible for the accident or even part of the accident because they say that a faulty tire could be, and they're really thinking that that is what caused the crash. But we're going to stay on top of this story. You know, I'm really surprised. I got to be honest. The, the school month, the first month of school, hasn't even really got underway yet. So I'm really surprised that there was a trip of this magnitude even at this start of the year. I mean, some people might be saying, "What difference does that make?" But my thing is they haven't even gotten a chance to get their feet wet in school and already they're taking trips and maybe had this trip not been so early because it was six buses in total. And that was one of six that ended up having the the accident. You know, but I, I don't know. I, my thought is, you know, now these children and these teachers, this is what they're, you know, their focus is for quite a while into the school year. The fact that, you know, they were injured or their classmates were injured and they lost two of the adults on that bus. So, you know, keep them lifted in prayer because this is not something that you want to start the school year off with. And I, 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 I believe that this may even kind of curb, you know, their activities in the beginning of the year. You know, if everybody was on school premises, focusing on school lessons and things like that, then, you know, this would not have been part of the beginning of the school year. So, I don't know. That's just my thought. That's just my thought. No, I don't know if any of you share that feeling, but that's just one of the things that came to my mind. Like, that's just too early for all of that. All right, well, speaking of teachers, you know, I don't get these teachers. And we're really going to have to do some research on how to help these teachers deal with life a little bit better because too many of these teachers. Are having issues You have this Indiana teacher Who was arrested For Oh brother Issue And I'll tell you what issue is Oh boy So here's the deal So she is now A former 8th grade Teacher And they had A family fun night For students so she attended along with her daughter, who also goes to the school. And they went to take a picture with two students in a foil booth And the, the student said that the teacher let her hair down and took off a blue-colored, velvet-type scrunchie with a white zipper. And somehow or another maybe she placed it down or it fell and she didn't realize it had fallen. But the students got a hold to the scrunchie. They said it was a little heavier than an average scrunchie. Well, first of all, I've never seen a scrunchie with a zipper. So that that's a new thing on, you know, for Stephanie.
1: And they
2: say that when they unzipped the pouch They found a glass vial and it contained white powder with a cut straw and more. So, (coughs) excuse me. They thought it was drugs, so they took it to another teacher who took it to the principal and the vice principal. So the cops were
0: called and they were.
2: To test the drug, um, you know, the, the powder. And they say when they first tested it, they, <laughs> Although they tested urine. And they said the urine didn't produce enough or reach a temperature for testing. So they say, while conducting the third test, an officer observed an unauthorized collection container fall from her shorts. And as a result, the test was terminated, and they documented that it was a failure and an attempt to alter the test. So they asked her about the failed urine samples, and she claimed that she didn't know why her first two samples were unusably cold. (laughs) Oh, my goodness gracious. She also added that she was not aware of the pouch or the container that was in her shorts until after she provided her second sample. And she doesn't know how it got into her shorts. So they say that. <laughs>
0: excuse me.
2: Janet has noticed that during the event, she was frantically searching for some sort of hair tie. But when she was interviewed by the police, she said that it was her daughter's scrunchie, and she found it in the car. So. They ended up arresting her. She was fired from the school and was released on 1,000 cash bonds and is scheduled to be in court on the 26th of this month. I tell you, you can't did I say last Friday, you cannot make this stuff. You had this scrunchie in your hair. Why would you take it off? Because you take taking pictures, you all caught up, you put the scrunchie down, and the kids pick the scrunchie up. I tell you. Like I said, you already sucked because how you got a scrunchie in your hair with a zipper? Who has that? I don't know. Oh, boy. All right, what else are we talking about before we get our our uh, little uh, due time crew on with us this morning. I have a little question that I want to ask you in a little while, but who else are we talking about? Well, you have this woman in California and We have to watch how we eat our food. We talked about last, a couple weeks ago, we talked about eating chicken, poultry, and salmonella. We talked last week about cleaning our food. Well, this week, a little different. You have this woman who ate some bad tilapia fish. And she's only four years old. And they say that the fish contains. That flesh-eating bacteria that she bought it in a local market in July. And they say that right after she ate it, she got sick immediately and had to be rushed to the hospital. And when they, I guess, asked her, what had, you know, what had she eaten or, you know, because they always ask me stuff like that. She told them that she had eaten some tilapia fish, but they found that it was uncooked. It wasn't cooked thoroughly. She ended up having to get all her arms and legs, both her arms and her legs amputated. Oh, boy. And they're saying that when we eat our food, especially this fish, shellfish, fish, this meat, we eat this stuff undercooked that it does not kill all the bacteria. Now, some bacteria still may slip through the cracks, but they are really flagging the fact that this was undercooked shellfish and they say especially if you have any, a weak immune system and unfortunately at 40 years old this is what she ended up facing and they say one in five people die as a result of uh getting this bacteria contracting this bacteria so they say it's hidden in shellfish and fish and we have to be very careful when we're cooking our fish and our meat so that we do not fall prey to this bacteria really sad really sad 40 years old just Young, 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 young. All right, I got one last story I want to talk about because I want to know what you think. So you have this student who threatened to kill a teacher. Now, already I have a problem because the high school is called South Plantation High School. Now, I understand how you could possibly get to that, you know, to that name, but I'm sorry. Please, you could do better with that name. There's just too much going on out here for us to be going to school, out in Florida, or South Plantation. So they have this student who was arrested for making written threats and disrupting a school function last week. He sent a text to a teacher threatening to kill her and other students. They say the school was on lockdown for several hours. They say that the student texted the teacher shortly after 9.30 a.m. and the teacher was immediately taken to a safe location away from any harm she may have experienced. Now they say they began to investigate the threat while the officers searched the school and thank God they did not you know find anything he didn't have any weapons or anything or at least on the campus and they say that he is a minor but did not specify the age well if you're in high school you're going to be a minor now they say making a written or electronic threat to Kill or do bodily harm or conduct a mass shooting or an act of terrorism is a second-degree felony in Florida, punishable by up to 15 years in prison, and disrupting a school function is considered a misdemeanor. what I wanted to ask you about. So making a written or electronic threat to kill, do bodily injury to a teacher is a second degree felony in Florida, and it's punishable by up to 15 years in prison. And I want to know what you think. I want, you know, if you're threatening, by you written or electronic, what do you think should be the punishment? All right? Let me talk to my U-time crew here. Let's say good morning to our girl, Tamika. Good morning, Tamika. Monday, Monday morning. Good morning to you. How are you? I am well, thank you. I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. That's good, that's good. I have a question for you. Now, we talked talked last week about this bus accident. We talked about this news. And now they're coming up with the fact that this bus driver, had been listed as an unacceptable operator after failing several safety inspections. Now they're giving them fifteen, he failed five. Now they don't list what the five are. But they do say that if you fail a certain amount, you may receive corrective actions including violation notices and a suspension or revocation of your operating authority. Now I'm asking despite what the five may be, that's one one fifth of one third, one third of Do you think that's enough to just take you off the highway altogether, or should it be based on what you fail? What do you? I think it should be based on what you fail. Um, you know, because there are some things that you got you gotta be able to know. Like you know, um, let's say for instance, um, being able to read. You know, you, you, you got a yield sign, but you can't read that it says yield, you know. So that's something that's extremely important, being able to read, being able to see certain things, you know, um, making sure your vision is um, up to par. You know, you can't see you squinting trying to just for just for your everyday driving. You know, I think that's something that is a major caution, you know. So what was it that caused the issue? Okay, you see, it depends on what the one-third consisted of, correct? Correct. Okay. All righty. Well, you have the – I want to make sure I pull this up correctly. You have the student who threatened the teacher. And they're saying that out of Florida, if you have a written or electronic threat to kill or do bodily harm, you can be uh, placed in jail for up to 15 years. What do you think that the appropriate amount of time should be for punishment for a written or electronic threat? The, the
0: sad part, of uh, uh, the whole
2: sad thing about that is back in the day, we didn't have stuff like that. These youth now, they, they, they not only say it, they write it, and then they literally come through on it. We've seen many of its issues, especially with teachers, where they're throwing chairs and locking teachers in closets. And there's a plethora of things. And so my thing is, if you're writing it, you intend it. You know, it's not one of those things where, you know, I remember back in the day, you know, when you would say, I wish my teacher was, you know, I t- wish my teacher wouldn't come back to school. But you never came through on a threat. These children are are are, are a totally different breed. I don't know where they're coming from, but they, they they come through on their actions and they don't care who, you know, they hurt, you know. And so I think you need to stew in it, you know. I'm like, should it be 15 years? I, I, this is very, very complicated. I, I would say at least a minimum of five years for you to sit and think about it. But then the the scary thing about it is these children are so, you know, headstrong that after five years, does that give you time to sit and think about it, or does that give you time to plan when you get out to finish the app? So it's really scary. You know, I would, I would want to say five, but – The mentality of this youth makes me even want to push it even further than five, maybe even ten. It's hard to say. Okay. All right. Let's see if your brothers think it's hard to say. Thank you for joining us this morning. Say good morning to our brother Al. Good morning, brother Al.
1: Oh, yeah. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. <laughs> Jacob, that's twelve sons for real. And these were the children of Israel. Good morning. <laughs>
2: <laughs> good morning, brother Al. Good morning. I don't have to ask how you're doing. It's good to have you on anything silent in the background. So that's a plus for us this morning. And I'm no sure school you. this morning. Oh my goodness gracious. I know, I know, I know. Beautiful. Oh, brother, I be, do happy oh, yeah. Brother Ah, we're talking about this bus driver of the accident last week. Now they're saying that they're really believing that the, the, the tire was the cause of the accident. However, when they did some research, they found that this bus driver was listed as an unacceptable operator. He had failed five out of 15 of the testing uh, components and they say that, you know, there are multiple things that they can do with them, you know, after failing the test. Now, what do you think? Do you think that if they failed at least five that they should be suspended and taken off the road? Or it depends on what the five things
0: are?
1: I would say it depend on what the five things are. I mean, um they said that they blamed it on the tires so that wasn't really his fault because, you know, whoever uh inspected bus. But, you know, they should be able to see, you know, okay, yes, these are good tires, but then he could have rolled over something, so that's kinda of hard to say. But I I would say it depend on uh what the what the thing he was felt what he felt. Just like when when um we take these trainings to work with these kids, you know. They know some of the stuff is hard, so they. I know one they say you have to have like a seventy to pass, you know. So you get a seventy-five, you're good. Now the other questions um, may not be uh, that that important, but it's something that you can go over and, and say, okay, that's what we should do because they always changing rules. So I, I would say, you know, it's it depends on what quest, what know which uh, things he fell.
2: Okay, okay, okay. Well, but you
1: know, you know what? I'm sorry. Second they, the second
2: question that common. I am
1: the, sorry to, 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 to collaborate on that some uh-huh. more. And, and if that's the case, then don't sit there and say he's an unfit bus driver then. Because now that's coming on you. If you say he's unfit to drive, then that, that falls on the company. Why are you allowing him to drive then? Right, why are you being
2: categorized as an unacceptable operator? if you don't right. leave him on, then don't give him that particular title I agree right, I agree that's why I'm asking you all the question If you've, you've categorized the driver in you know like this, and then now you're leaving him or her excuse me on that doesn't sound too good for you either, so I agree right. I have to agree. I have to agree. All right, Brother Al, we're talking about these students Uh right up your alley. In Florida, (laughs) if you threaten by um, writing or texting your threat to do bodily harm or kill, you can go to jail for up to 15 years. Is that an acceptable Amount
1: of time? What time do you think they should get? I, I think the fifteen is good um, because I think um, you know, being in this field, um, people don't understand what these teachers go through with these students, and they have to learn to. Uh, I think these students forget that these are adults. They see or they hear the word teacher, and they forget that this is an adult. This is for my mother. This is my sister. This is, you know, this is somebody's grandmother. And these kids, they they have no problem. There was a kid one time told told the uh, principal, I have a bullet with your name on it. And, like, well, really? I shouldn't take that serious? Yeah, I, I shouldn't take that serious, you know? So, so yes, they, they need to have the fear in them that if you threaten this educator, that you're going to jail. And when you go to jail, you're going to see a big, bub, big Bubba or Big... Big Mossa, you're going to see one of them. So I'm going to say make it as stiff as possible because oh, when you could to make them stiff, they could say, okay, you know what? No, nah, I ain't trying to do that because if a kid is in the school and mention that they got a gun, which we had Friday, this kid was playing around and he had a gun, oh, we grabbed him up, called police. Oh, no, I was just playing. Yeah, we explained to the cops, too much is going on for you to be playing. And they grab them, call the cops and everything. Wow. So they threaten the teacher, do the same thing. It, it should be. You threaten the teacher, we're calling the cops. The cops are coming in, going to question you, take you down to the, to the, uh, to, to the station, and your mother got to come and get you. We're going to inconvenience your family. They need to make these things stiffer so these kids can understand that it's not a joke. Because so they just slap these kids on the wrist. And I think, as a matter of fact, I think they should take, uh, put, add that in. You threaten the teacher, oh, we call the police. Police coming down because it's ridiculous.
2: Okay, okay, all right. Well, thank you for joining us, brother Al. Let's talk to Pastor K. L. and see how he feels. Good morning, Pastor K. L.
3: Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you?
2: Well, thanks. How are you?
3: I'm well. I I just like to start off by saying that. that Al should get at least two to five years for that rap again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Talk about this (laughs) penalty. All right
2: now. I don't know if you want to tell that rap again, brother Al. I don't know if you want to tell that rap again. Oh, my goodness. All right, Pastor K.L., you know, the operator of this, this bus that ended up in the ditch on Friday, they're listing him, or well, he's listed somewhere as an unacceptable operator because he failed five out of 15 components of this test, that they this safety test that they do each year. Now, do you think, that he should be taken off of the nose based on the fact that he failed one-third of the test, and you know, it should depend on what the five things were. What do you think? <laughs> I, I,
3: I I take it from a stance. I think that he should be taken off. You know, when, when we apply for our permit or we apply for... Uh, driver's license, you know, there, there are certain points, amount of points we have to have, even even with a test. You know, in school, anything under 65, you fail the thing. You know what I mean? So it, it doesn't really matter uh, or how many points it weighed. If you got under a certain amount, you failed it. So he got under a certain amount, and he failed it, so he should be taken off until he's able to pass.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh.
2: Unfortunately, they have not quite revealed what these individual things were. So for, uh, let's say, Tamika and Brother Al, when they're saying, you know, it it depends, you know, we have no idea what it is. So, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure with this type of an accident, a whole lot of stuff is going to start pouring out the woodwork. But I do agree that, once you got to a point where if they failed a certain amount of questions or whatever, however you pose it, that you listed them as an unacceptable operator, then that means you need to come up off of there. I don't see how you're gonna rate them as unacceptable but they're still acceptable to drive. If you if, if they had not done as bad, you would remove them from driving, then don't list them as that. Once you list them
0: internally
2: unacceptable, then to me, they're unacceptable to be on the road. So you need to either change your terminology or something because if you can list them as unacceptable, then they're unacceptable to drive anybody, whether it's a child, elderly, anybody. You need to take them off the road. And and if they're not that bad, that you can leave them there because, like Brother Allen Sanika said, the certain things that they failed weren't that bad, then check them out the category. Then take them out the category. But to me, if you fail one-third of the, of the safety requirements, nah, you need to be coming off, <laughs> coming off the road until you can pass, you know, all 15 or are they that minor? find the things that you feel they can be left on the road for so that that's 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 a little much for me and it's questionable and I'm going to tell you another thing. it speaks to the agency's um, accountability and responsibility so now are you trying to brush this off of your neglect is this your neglect now I'm beginning to wonder
0: whose neglect
2: is it really because if you're testing them then you should be making some different decisions. All righty. In Florida, they have this rule that says if you threaten to kill or do bodily harm, written threat, that you can go to jail for up to 15 years. Is that good? Do you think it should be different? What do you think the time should be?
3: Well, first I like to thank God that this wasn't out back in my school days because I would have been in jail for a long time because I failed quite a few classes and every time every time I failed a class I threatened the teacher. <laughs> so I mean,
1: oh, I, 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 I I'd have
3: been in jail till now, you know. But but I do I do agree with brother Al <laughs> and Tamika that the times have definitely changed. You know, we we didn't have uh, text back there. We said what, what we wanted to say when we was one of those, you know, disturbing children. Um, but, yeah, when when you write something down, it gives you time to think about it, to contemplate it, to write it down. I mean, you, you, you really mean this thing. So, yeah, I, with everything that's going on in schools from 6th graders to, to 12th graders, you know, you can't take these kind of chances with, with, with people's lives. So I think 15 years is good.
2: Okay. All right. I think it did as well. I think that, you know, you need to think about what you say. Think about your threat. Now, while you're in school, you need to go through normal educational, you know, uh, process, go to school and things like that. I don't think they should put you like in regular jail. And you're just serving time. I I think it needs to be, you're you're a kid, so you need to still go through the regimented, you know, educational process. But definitely I think the 15 years is good because, you know, sometimes you may have made a threat in school that you were very capable of, you know, committing. And thank God it came out in a written way, so now we have something to show. And I agree, you know, you just sat down and talked about this thing. You just thought about this thing. You just wrote this thing down. Yeah, and you, you need to think about this thing for 15 years. But again, make sure you go to school. Regular school, you're going, they, they need to make this a whole process inside of the system. Wow. Today, we actually have a topic on relationships as we, you know, have our relationship Monday. And we're talking about the manipulator, you know, but how do you know when someone's being manipulative? And I love to hear what the big time crew has to say. You know how to hit me up. Make sure you let me know if you have a comment. And you're listening because I'd love to hear what you have to say as well. Wow. One of the first things they say, a manipulative individual, you're in a relationship. We're not talking about, you know, your classrooms, you know, your your, your coworker, your student or whoever. We're talking about in a relationship. A manipulative man or woman makes you feel guilty for everything Tamika, we're going to let you get this whole thing started this morning. What you got? Well, I just realized I'm in a manipulative relationship.
0: (laughs) No, I'm just joking. But, no, um, (laughs) it doesn't matter what you do
2: if you're in that type of relationship. It doesn't, you know, you may be late. Wait a minute. You got your own transportation to get to work. And now I'm the reason for you being late. I wasn't in your way. I got up before you, but because whatever the case may be, you know, I get up before you, I wake you up, you decide to lay in the bed a little longer, but now I'm the reason for you being late. You know, there's, there's all types, you know, and it doesn't matter what you do, what you say, how you try to fix it. You know, a manipulative person is always going to put the blame on you. And you have to be wise enough to say, hey, wait a minute. This is, I'm I'm not the cause for you being late. I'm not the cause for you such and such and such. This is your fault and you need to own up for it. Sorry about that. All right. All righty. Brother Al, Is that a sign oh, yeah. that you're just a manipulative person?
1: Oh yeah, most definitely. Tamika just showed it just now if you blame me. She just showed it right there. She <laughs> just showed it right there. <laughs> but, 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 yes, you know, uh, like you said, everything, they try to turn it around and, and put it on you. And 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 like be said, if you're not strong enough, and be like, well, dang, maybe I did do that. Or, oh, you know what, I'm sorry I made you late, as we would say. And you were the one that took your time or, or hit that snooze button a couple of times. And and now you're late and you want to blame blame your spouse uh, and then you then you then the spouse say oh well, I'm sorry I'll I'll do better next time so you just and that's a form of control as well so I would say yes that's a, definitely a good one okay pass the K
2: out
3: yeah it's it, it, it's definitely definitely a form of of, of manipulation um. And, and I think subconsciously we all do it at some, time, at some point in time when we're trying to get out of something. We find somebody else to blame. You know, um, we, we we all do it at one point or another. I mean, it, it's and, and I don't even think that, that we mean to do it to manipulate, but sometimes we just want to get out of stuff. You know, it's your fault. It's your fault I'm sick. I eat your dinner. Usually I don't, I don't eat what you cook. But because I try to be nice and eat your food, now I'm sick.
0: You know, it your fault.
2: Well, I think you need to speak for yourself because I, I am not a manipulative individual. I
1: was getting ready for the same thing. <laughs> oh, don't put me in your
2: mouth.
3: <laughs>
1: don't put me in your mouth. Don't
0: put me in your nonsense.
1: Pastor he he's manipulating us right now.
0: <laughs> oh no! Oh no. yeah. oh y'all, me, oh, y'all self-righteous man, people. That's we on the <laughs> Oh y'all, self-righteous,
3: passive, passive-aggressive people. <laughs> oh
0: no, my
3: goodness,
0: bitch! Just put hey, me all
3: hey. in your category. Hey, hey brother, hey brother Al, brother Al, brother Al. Oh. Who, who, who does this sound like? Yes, well, yes. if you ain't doing nothing. Dial in, dial in. Just dial, dial in if you ain't doing nothing. I'm not to do it I
0: think you're not doing anything. You know what? You know, you love
2: to twist things around. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> Brother Al, I don't... I don't think you want to play this game. Now that's manipulative. Say a word. Day. I think you, you want to answer correctly.
0: Say <laughs> <Why is> a <laughs> word. Oh my goodness!
2: Crazy. Oh gosh. All right. They say a manipulative individual makes you doubt yourself. Brother
1: Al, you got the first one. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you you, you trying to, trying or to, oh, you got some dream to do something, and that person's jealous or don't want you to do it. And, and they start telling you, you, sure you want to do that? You know, uh, I don't know if you want to do that. You know, that's hard work right there to do that right there. So, you know, that's going to take up all your time. You ain't going to have enough time to do this and do that. So, yeah, definitely. Definitely that's a manipulative person.
2: Alrighty, righty, Pastor K.L., you know, they make you doubt yourself.
3: Well, I, I know somebody, like, after you give an answer and someone else gives another answer and they say, you sure you want to stick with that answer? Is that the answer you want to stick with? You
0: sure? <laughs> 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 Oh, no, so
2: manipulative boy! Are you laying out your manipulative ways on this broadcast this morning? Oh my goodness gracious! Oh my goodness gracious!
0: All
2: right, is that your is that your final
0: answer? It is. It is. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> oh
2: my goodness, Tamika. You know, they say that he makes you doubt
0: yourself.
2: Hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, and and, and the more you give in, the, the less of yourself you become. Um, I remember being in a relationship with this gentleman who, you know, he, <laughs> he made me pretty much. He was like, well, you know, I don't like the way that your pants fit you because you're showing too much. And so, you know, I was like, okay, so I just won't wear pants around you. And, you know, he was like, no, don't wear pants at all. So I got rid of this. This is literally my former life. I got rid of all my pants. So then I started wearing dresses. Well, your dresses, yeah, I don't like the way they fit because, you know, I'm I'm not a overly, you know, busty person or or extra hippie, but my clothes fit. So then his thing was, well, I don't like the skirts because they fit your hips. I'm like, well, what am I supposed to wear? Baggy. So now you don't like my pants. You don't like my dresses. You don't like my skirts. And and literally at one point it got to the point where I was like, well, maybe, maybe my clothes are, you know, a little bit. And I, I mean, can you imagine all of the the, the things that I threw away because he was like, oh, this is too tight. This is this. And it wasn't that. It made me start thinking that my stuff was too tight or too short. And it really wasn't. It's just, That it fit me. What was I supposed to wear? Baggy pants and baggy dresses? You know, and so to anybody, male or female, that's going through that type of thing and everything becomes your fault, you really need to look at that relationship and and start to, 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 you know, you, you have to be able to have a standard for yourself. You have to be able to speak up for yourself. You can't always give in to an individual. And if you find yourself doing that, then you really need to look at that relationship. Now how we go
0: to advice time? You know you're well, <laughs> you are got you. That's manipulation. Wait, that's a manipulation. That's, that's a ma- a manipulation. Now, now you say how you feel. You say give advice.
3: <laughs> you got you got to give I advice when somebody tells you to know, give it. advice.
0: Be-
2: already gave up your piece of advice. Thank you very much. Tamika. you (laughs) didn't already beat the guys to it, so we're going to be hearing from you at the end. Oh, my goodness gracious. All right. Thank you so much. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Pastor K.L., he makes or she makes you believe you want what she wants. That's manipulative. Is that correct?
3: You you fade it out. It makes you believe what? I'm sorry.
2: She makes you want what she wants. She makes you believe that you want what she wants. Do you think that's manipulation?
3: I think so. Like like you know, Tamika feels bad right now because you 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 didn't ask her to to, to talk to the people. <laughs> so, <you> know, <laughs> I, I think it's definitely, but this I'm, I'm, I'm even scared to answer the question and oh fear, and in, in fear of how yeah. to answer this question right now. You know, so, so why don't you text me and tell me the answer, and I'll say what you want me to say.
0: <laughs> you know what? You know, how did
2: you become about Stephanie? You
0: know. What? <laughs> Here, See, here.
3: I, I'm
2: just
0: saying right, what so I'm just on saying on what you, what.
3: You, listen, I'm saying what Kamika and Brother Al wanna say. They know you're you're a bully. <laughs> <laughs> don't
1: don't put me in it. Don't put me in it. I'm a <laughs> Oh my
0: goodness! Would you like to answer
2: the question, Pastor KL? She made oh, you sorry, believe I, 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 that.
3: What she wants, you want. Yeah, I, 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 I believe that. to Pastor the Steph. listeners today. I, 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 I believe that. I, 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 is, is that okay? I, I believe that. I believe that that's true. <laughs> I, I believe that. <laughs>
0: oh my did god! I, you know, did I? Try, I tried you know did, did I do good? Did I do good? <laughs> I hope the switch
2: tip is, is about you today. I, you know, she's, she's customized that switch tip so it will be about Pastor KL today. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Tamika, would you do you believe that a manipulative person helps you to believe that what they want, you want? Absolutely. You know, you're, you're out with friends and you know everybody's ordering that, what they want and you you know you're like oh well let me have let me have a steak and the French fries and he's looking at you going no, you don't want steak and French fries what you want is a tuna fish sandwich like, well, I don't want no tuna fish sandwich but because you said that <laughs> that's what I want then yeah now, I, I'm sorry I don't want the steak and the French fries let, let let me have the tuna fish sandwich. You know, and, and somewhere in your brain, you convince yourself, ooh, two the fish dollars, when in actuality, that, that is nowhere near what you wanted, what you desired, but, you know, you become programmed. Yeah. Oh, boy. Pastor K.L. I'm, I'm sorry, Brother Al, what say you? Oh, yeah. What say you?
1: Yeah, yes, definitely, you know, um... You may not be ready to go to bed right now. I'm not tired, but you worked hard today. You don't feel a little bit. You don't think if you lay down that, you, that you'll feel better, you know? So, <clears throat> yeah, that's definitely that. You know, I want you to want what I want. I'm laying down, so I need you to lay down, too. And I'm not tired. Yes, you are. You worked hard today. You've been running around, doing this and that. Take a load off and come on and lay down. Well, you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe I am tired, you know? So, yeah, that's definitely it.
2: Mm. All right, all right. Uh, Tamika, they have here that he uses the silent treatment when you don't want to do what he wants you to do. Is that manipulation? Oh, that's 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 difficult, you know. Um, especially if you're
0: uh, a talker,
2: you know. For me, <laughs> you can be silent all you want. <laughs> I'll wait till you decide to talk. But for someone that that's a very difficult area, you know. We we were talking, and all of a sudden now you're not talking to me. So I'll do anything that you want me to do so that we can get to talking again, you know. So whatever time frame, you know, you just want him or her to talk to you, you know, and So now you play the silent treatment until we get ourselves together, you know. And, and yeah, you're definitely being manipulated in a situation like that. Okay, okay. Brother Al, manipulative. When you're pulling out, you know, she's pulling out that silent treatment on you. Do you feel that's manipulation? Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, don't forget in the one-word answers. Tamika does all the time when it comes to the dishes. I ain't doing the dishes. to me, guy, it was your day today. Fine. You want anything? No. All right, I'll do the dishes. Oh, my day was great today,
0: <laughs> and let me tell you what happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so,
1: so yeah, because then you know when 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 the person is silent, then you say to yourself, "Wow, I made that person mad," or you know what. It wasn't that bad. I can go ahead and do what he want me to do or she want me to do, you know, and um, just to get that person back talking to me. So, yeah, it's bad.
2: Okay, okay. Pastor KL, that silent treatment, you know, when she pulls out the silent treatment, do you think that she's just angry and she doesn't have any words, or do you think that it's her manipulating you?
3: Yeah, it's it's, it's sometimes she's asked for something or asked you to do something and you didn't totally agree with it. She's not angry, but but she feels that if she's being silent, you'll give in to it. Because on the other side, you're trying to figure out, is she really mad at this? Did I do something else wrong? You know, you got a whole bunch of stuff in your head right now, and, and you end up just giving in to the stupid thing that she wanted, you know, just because you think it was something else.
2: Mm, Okay, okay, okay. All right, Brother Al. You voice your concern she makes you the bad guy. Is that manipulation?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, listen. You come up. Hey, listen. I think you should, uh, you know, put that over there. Oh, now I got to go over there. It was good where it was at. you know, so it just making you, wow, maybe I shouldn't have asked the question she's going to get upset. I, I should have just kept it to myself. So that means you just don't have a voice, you know, and just basically mother, just say hey, whatever you want, I'll do.
0: <laughs>
2: okay, okay. Pastor KL, manipulation. You're always a bad guy when you voice your concerns.
3: Yeah, you know, like when I say, I don't think your mother-in-law, sh- your mother should come over to stay. You know, now I'm the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, I'm,
3: I'm like, you know, maybe a couple of hours, but she got to spend the night, you know, so now I'm the bad guy. I know she drove five hours, but, you know, if she leave early, she can get back home. <laughs> okay.
1: Okay,
2: okay. Here's a good one. Here's a really, really good one. It says, when she never apologizes because she was always playing. She's just playing. Brother Al, is that manipulation?
1: Oh, yeah, that, and, and it's a test, too, to see how you're going to take things. You know, you're going to say so, you got in the bed, like, oh, seriously, you're going to say, oh, come on, you know, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Don't worry about it. You know, and I think it's also a test to see how far they can go, or how how you're gonna take it. What, what's your reaction? Let me see what the reaction gonna be. If you get upset, I'm gonna say I'm sorry. You know, I was just playing. So I would say yes.
2: Mm, okay, okay. Pastor K. L. Uh, she's just playing. Voices. Yeah, what I, she I, wants I, to I, say. I, she I, never apologizes.
3: I think she's just playing uh, because she wants you to give in. If you give in, she, hey, she won. You know, if you get mad at it, then she was just playing. But if you, was, if you was flowing with it, you know, she wasn't just playing. When she said she needed $50, you know what I mean, she wanted that $50. If you gave that $50, she wasn't playing. But once you, once you say, hey, you know we got bills to pay, we got this other stuff, man, I'm just playing. I don't need that $50. But if you would gave in, he wouldn't have been playing.
2: Mm, Okay, okay. And let me ask you, brother Al, have you ever had that happen to you?
1: Yeah, I've I've had that happen. Um, uh, uh, A young lady I was dating, you know, she was she was crazy. You know, she would say things or and make a ton of excuses. I'm like, why you just can't say my bad, and it can be done with. But you got to keep making excuses, then you owe oh, you a plan. You wasn't playing. You meant what you said or what you did. So, yes, I've had that happen.
2: Oh, okay. Pastor King, have you ever had that happen to you?
3: Well, I've never had an extra $50, so it wouldn't work for me. But, um, no, it, it didn't work.
0: It didn't <laughs> <Yeah>. work. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> uh, okay,
2: okay. What was your worst? manipulation or let me me rephrase that brother Al you know you didn't see it because that's the point I really want to try to bring out today you didn't see it as manipulation initially but you realized after a while that she was actually manipulative
1: hmm I would uh okay, I would say, um it was a young lady I was dating, and um she was in a she was in a previous relationship and she was in love with this guy, so he broke her heart, and that was the first time my heart was broken, so she wouldn't um she wouldn't show no emotions because she thought that showing emotion was a sign of weakness so when um when me and her started dating she would do things, like, to sabotage the relationship. Like, she she would do manipulative things and try to make it seem like, oh, that's your fault because that's what men do. And I'm looking at her like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, and, and and she would just constantly do do those things or make things seem like it was my fault and, um, well, you need to do things this way because she didn't get this with the other guys. So it was like she was trying to take it out on me. So you obviously know that relationship didn't last long. But yeah, that that was like the worst. That was, that was crazy. I had to up and get out of that. At
2: what point did you realize you, she was being manipulative?
1: When uh, when I realized she couldn't answer certain questions for me, you know, like when I, I I saw the way she was doing things, and I was like, it's it's happening all the time. So I had to wake up and be like, wait a minute. Every, everything is always my fault, Is always me, never you, but always me. I just had to look at that, and I'm like, and I started thinking about it, like, yo, this chick is crazy, uh, She's being very manipulative. Like, everything was always me. It was never her. And I woke up one day, and I was like, nah, uh-uh, this ain't going to work.
2: Okay, okay. Pastor KL, have you ever experienced being manipulative, and initially you didn't realize it until...
3: Yeah, I, I um, quite a few years ago, I bought me a Mercedes, and um I found that my wife was in my Mercedes more than me. She would drive and drive and drive and drive and drive, and I couldn't get her out the. I couldn't get her out the Mercedes. I'm like, you know, you got your own car, right? Yeah, but this one just fixed me. So, I went like a fool and bought her her own Mercedes, and then she's gonna tell me it's about time. <laughs> think it's
0: about
3: that. I said, "Wow! Now wow. you pay your own
0: insurance.
1: <laughs> you pay your own insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Got him.
2: Wow, Got him. Wow! Wow!
1: Wow!
2: Okay. 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 Interesting. Interesting story. Well, thank you, guys, for sharing your experiences and your contribution into today's conversation." has been very enlightening. And we pray you have a blessed day.
1: You as well. You as well. You do the same.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Al. Thank you, Pastor KL. All (coughs) righty. Excuse me. Well, it's almost the top of the hour on a Monday morning. And it's time for the switch with Shanti. Let's say good morning to Shanti. Good morning, Shanti. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you? I'm thank you. How are you? I am well, thank you. I'm well, thank you. All right, what you got for us this morning? Okay, today I have the switch with Shantice, where we make the switch from the street to our godly seat. And our switch tip actually stems from one of the stories that she gave Um, regarding the uh, unfortunate incident of the young woman, because as you said, 40 is still relatively young, young woman who had to get both arms and legs amputated because she ate some undercooked shellfish. And right before you said, I was like, please don't tell me she had to get something cut off. Please don't, she didn't get something. That's almost like your whole body getting cut off and other way isn't tilapia something that we're advised typically that we shouldn't be eating nonetheless as soon as you were you know you started talking about that and giving a little more details and I started thinking about you know well doesn't the Bible you know talk about certain things you shouldn't eat and I don't know about a lot of other people but when before I decided to give my life to the Lord uh, you know I would indulge in certain foods that, you know, God's word advises us not to eat for certain reasons. And I wasn't a big seafood eater, but I loved the crab legs and shrimp. I You could take the lobster, you could take the oysters and all that other stuff, clams and all that. But just give me my shrimp and my crab legs, sometimes the whole crab, but mainly the crab legs. I'm like, well, we're advised, especially when we say yes to God you know, God's instructions and guidelines stick out to us in a different way. So I switched to 164 is take the advice. And the definition for advice, guidance or recommendations offered with regard to prudent future action. Prudent meaning acting with or showing care and thought for the future. So guidance or recommendations offered with regard to caring about the future. And your future actions, and two synonyms, two synonyms. I'm sorry for advice that stood out to me because there were a few, but two of the synonyms, synonyms synonyms synonyms. I'm sorry that stood out was mm-hmm. information and facts. When someone is giving you advice, they are giving you information and facts, true things that have proven to be true. And when I think about taking advice, I think about my response to God. And a lot of times our advice doesn't come, you know, not by us hearing God's voice literally or directly some of the time, or um, well, most of the time because our disobedience will block us being able to hear God audibly um but the advice can come from a friend, the advice can come from your parents, the advice can come from your pastors or you know another congregant, um your boss. It, it, advice can come from anywhere. But we have to understand especially if we are a child of God that the way we take the advice is our response to God. We have to understand that that's how that's how God is reading it. James 1:17a in the New Living Translation. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father. Advice is something good and perfect. Now, we know that we can get some bad advice, but, again, this is why you need to give your life to the Lord, because he then blesses you with discernment. Discernment meaning you will be able to differentiate which side or fence this advice is coming from. Is it coming from God or is it coming from the enemy? There's only one or two places it can come from. There's no middle ground. It's either coming from God. The Father of truth or the enemy, the Father of lies. When you think about taking advice, you must think about being wise. The book of Proverbs has nothing but great advice from God. But there were two in particular that stood out to me this morning, Proverbs 12:15 in the message version. Fools are headstrong and do what they like. Wise people take advice." Now, I ain't call you fool. That's what the Bible says. Proverbs 1-7, amplified, classic version, the reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord is the beginning and the principle and choice part of knowledge, its starting point and its essence. But fools, say that word again, despise skillful and godly wisdom, instruction, and discipline. So as I'm reading this, I don't want anyone to think that I'm insinuating or calling the woman from the story a fool, you know, because we don't know her background. We don't know if she has ever been advised to make sure um, food is thoroughly cooked or, um, you know, if she believes in God and if she's read or been told that you should or shouldn't eat certain foods. That is not what I'm saying. I'm thinking to those of us who know, those of us who have been given advice. And Pastor Steph, God has made sure that she takes the time to give us health tips from all different angles every morning, Monday through Friday, every morning. And when we choose to hear that but then ignore it, we are choosing to ignore the advice from God. We're
0: not ignoring Pastor stuff,
2: We're ignoring God, which means we are ignoring wisdom. We're ignoring, ignoring discipline, and that discipline is the main thing we try to run from. Real quick, you have to read the, the Chapter 8 of Proverbs, and when you read that and you pay attention to it, you understand that wisdom that they're referring to is Jesus. So when we take advice, we are literally taking advice from Jesus. Revelation 1, 1, Amplified Version. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ, his unveiling of the divine mysteries. God gave it to him, meaning God gave it to Jesus, to disclose and make known to his bondservants certain things which must shortly and Speedily come to pass in their, eat, I'm sorry, in their entirety, and he sent and communicated it through his angel messenger to his bond servant John. Why was it so important for us to read that verse in its entirety? Because I started to only read part A, but we have to understand that we cannot pick and choose where advice comes from. Again, because of our disobedience, God cannot speak to most of us directly, so he will choose to speak through your pastor, your parents, your coworker, your boss, your reading, your music. He is going to speak to you. He may speak through secular things sometimes if that's all that you focus on. So we have to make sure we're making a conscious decision of making the switch to being stubborn, to being prideful, to being arrogant, and making sure that we're prudent. I like get up on these vocabulary words, meaning that we're acting and showing care and thought for the future, and making sure that we're taking the advice because we're not taking advice from man. We have to make sure we have that discernment so that we understand that our advice is ultimately coming from God and Jesus. Thank you, Pastor Steph. Thank you, Sean too. Thank you, and we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you, you too. Thank you. Oh, take that advice. Take that advice. Let's take that advice and go before the Lord, holding hands and holding hearts this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you. We can't ask you for anything before we can thank you for all that you have done. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for just breathing the breath of life in our bodies and introducing us to a brand new day with brand new tender mercies. God, thank you so very much for the love that you continually bestow upon us, even when we're wrong, even when we're bad, even when we don't take your advice, even when we're manipulative. We thank you, God, for just blessing us. Despite it all, God, and we just ask you, Heavenly Father, to reveal to us who we are, who we are, what we are, what we're doing, how we're getting it done, how we're not getting it done, making sure that we stay before you with everything, for everything, and everything that we do is in your likeness. We thank you, God, for your investing in us again today. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for just revealing to us in very subtle ways and in very strong ways how we're not pleasing to you, how we can do better. Thank you, Father, for just being who you are. You know, I just thank you so much for just, it out. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, we always want God for you to come through, you know, the way we like it, the way it's gonna feel good. But we we reject it. We reject it when it comes through like that. So we thank you God for just pushing forward and just making sure we get the information that we get when we reject it from one area god you send it from another area thank you for your advice just consistently coming through regardless of whether we want it regardless of whether we like it but because you love us Stop. Stop. and i personally want to thank you for your insistence <laughs> thank you thank you father because you said, I chastise those I love and call my family. And we always want to be included. But we never want to do what we need to do to make sure included the way you want us to be included. So I thank you again for just insisting and insisting and insisting that we Your love That you didn't leave us in the darkness But you brought us Into your marvelous light Thank you Thank you for the times when we think we're saying yes But we're really Saying no And you just push past That as well To help us understand That we're really not saying yes That we're still Saying no we give you the glory and the honor today that you're so rightly due. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Oh, I want to make sure I read. We had some late submissions in regards to our time that we sleep. We heard this morning that we should spend seven hours at least seven hours of rest. So we had someone say that they had the same bedtime at 11 and rise by 5.30. I just want to remind you that the Lord said we need at least seven hours of sleep. Yet, and what we take is something different. You know, we talked about quite a few things today. We talked about being manipulated versus being manipulative. You know, so as we were commenting on whether we were dealing with a manipulative person or not, At the same time, that was giving us an opportunity to realize whether we were being manipulative ourselves. You know, are we doing little things subtly to get our way? Are we, you know, covertly going around the back door to get people to side with us? Just examining ourselves today. And I give God thanks for just helping us to have that self-examination period, you know, and seeking that advice. You know, you you can't you, you you can't go through life constantly telling people things, but when it's time for you to receive it, you don't. Can do you believe that that's being manipulative? Yeah, I can dish it, but I can't take it. Because when it's time for you to receive, you're all over the place. You're all over the place. And, you know, there are so many ways God puts the mirror up to us. And, again, like you heard me say in the prayer, I'm actually very grateful. See, some people don't mind being beat up by God. And then there are others who just can't stand it because they don't know how to take advice. You know, if it does not sound good, you don't want to hear it. If it doesn't make you feel good, you don't want to hear it. And, And I have to tell you that you're not going to get very far in life like that. You're not. Because God is going to use whatever he's going to use. He's going to use whomever he wants to use. You know, whatever he needs to use, whoever he needs to use, whatever he needs to use, whoever he needs to use, because he loves us. Is going to come through. And we can't sit and talk about we don't want to hear it. It doesn't sound good. It doesn't feel good because we don't like change. And I don't like to do things differently. And this, and this comes in all shapes, forms, and fashions. This comes from both genders. This comes in at all age groups. It doesn't matter. You see it all the time. And a very wise person understands the word of God that says, you know, Learn to love correction. Learn to love instruction. There's, there's, there's a lot to that. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm so grateful to God because be, coming from out of an abusive relationship, you know, sometimes you can step up out of this stuff and you can be your worst enemy. So in other words, it's almost like the person who was bullied now becoming so assertive that they're bullying everybody else because they were bullied and they're never going to be bullied again. You know, it it takes God to expose that to you, that now you're the bully because you never wanted to be bullied. And a lot of times, because, you know, we had to accept a lot of correction in our life or we were abused or whatever, now we can't take advice. We can't hear nothing from somebody or from anybody. We want to do it all ourselves. We want to say all ourselves. You can't live like that. You can't live like that. Why? Because the Bible speaks very differently. It's not because Pastor Steph is saying it. Anything I tell you comes from that word of God. I may not use the exact words that the Bible uses, but by all means, I'm saying what the Bible says. And you know what? I'm talking your talk. So I'm not going to say the these, the thous, those, and the thuses, but I'm speaking your language. In other words, I'm speaking to you the way you should be able to understand what God is saying in the word of God. And that's what he does. That's what he does. He uses people to give his word. The Bible tells us, as Shanti said it, we have separated ourselves from God. So, therefore, he can't reach all of us the same way. And I, it doesn't say that I'm closer to God because he, I hear him or things like that. But I need to hear him. And and let me help you with something here. Let me help you with something. And this is something God has to teach me. So I'm teaching it to you. One of the reasons why I hear from God so easily it's because um, I can deal with his correction. I can deal when other people correct me. I can deal with it. And if you you better understand, it goes hand in hand. When you cannot take advice, when you cannot take correction, when you cannot adjust to, to the world, when you can't adjust to the different things that the world is doing now as the world is changing, and now, you know, you can't fluctuate because you're still stuck in the way you would rather it be. You can't hear from God. God can't speak to you because you're so busy blocking because you want things your way. Show that to me. Show me if you open up yourself to me and my correction, then I can can deal with you. I can work with you. I can work on you. And because I see as God is dealing with me, My life is getting better. My life is perfect, but my life is getting better. Now that I can hear from God and I listen to God, I see uh, there's an increase coming through. As I'm listening to God and I'm hearing from God and I'm taking the chastisement, there is this growth that's happening. None of that stuff could happen if I'm turned off. Of God, We may not like the way the world is shifting, but God is an evolving God, and sometimes things change because they have to, and sometimes things change just because people are in place and they just make the changes. Whether we agree, whether we disagree, whether we like it, whether we don't like it, it doesn't matter, it's life. And if we don't accept it, then we're blocking what God has for us. Because God says whoever is in authority, he's placed there. So we don't like Donald Trump, but God allowed him to be there. God allowed him to be there. And a lot of Trump supporters of yesterday are no longer Trump supporters. But because they had to see who Trump really was, and the only way they could see who Trump really was was to put him into office, God had to let them into office, had to let him into office so that he could be exposed. So we may not have agreed with the fact that he was there, but we had to accept it. And until we learn to accept the things of God, whether we like it or whether we don't like it, then we're not going to be able to hear from God. Now, like I said, I'm not telling you my life is perfect, but you always hear me say, "You, God snatches me by the collar, and you don't see me kicking and screaming." That don't work for God. It doesn't work for God when He's trying to correct you and you kicking and screaming. I don't want to. No, I don't want to. And you're not gonna make me. Now, where does that get you? <laughs> where does that get you? It gets you nowhere. You know what, maybe I'm just too sick to fight. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. Maybe part of my illness has humbled me. And I always say that to to, to the congregation. I say, you know what? I see people who reject God and reject the things of God because y'all ain't been through nothing yet. Yeah, the world has not happened to you yet. And you have not learned to submit to God. And I don't mean necessarily just them. I mean just people You know, when you have been broken down by God, you don't call a shot. And, oh, man, oh, man, it don't work the same no more. And I have learned to just give in. I understand. I have no say over this thing called life. I have no say over what God wants. For my life. He has already chosen who I am and what He wants from me. And my best bet is to go with Him. Whatever decision I make for me, it ain't going to get me very far. Especially if it's opposite of what God wants. It's going to get me very far. Why am I going to fight God? The last time I fought God, I ended up behind the bars of Kew of, of Gardens holding cell. No, thank you. God, whatever you want, you got me. Give me an uppercut, you know, in order for me to catch what you're saying. I'm like, oh, oh, that's you talking. Okay, okay, I'm on it now. That's what I said. You know, maybe, maybe you just haven't been hit hard enough. But when you get hit hard enough, you really make that adjustment. And, and I have to say, prior to that, I thought, you know, I, I could call my own shot. I thought I could do what I wanted to do. I thought that I had some say. But when there's a call on your life, I realize you might as well keep your mouth closed and just do what you're told to do. Be faithfully obedient. Just don't be obedient because that is robotic for some people. You just, or the Lord told to do it. And you don't even know why you're not, you know, you're not functioning properly in it. You're not walking in it properly. Be faithfully obedient. In other words, know that God has a plan, and you're going to go with that plan because it's higher than your plan. I promise you, you will not go wrong. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for always coming to these big terms. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now, because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God's fair, where it's let's talk about a Tuesday church folk day. I killed Ben.